gold. So welcome back, Adjacent Family. This is now season two of the podcast. Uh, first, I want to say thank you all for supporting me and listening for the first season. Uh, thanks for rocking with me through the struggles from the first one to the end. Hopefully it got better with, with how the conversation flowed, the audio quality, all of that. Hopefully it got better. And so I'm looking to keep raising the bar for season two. So we're going to hit the ground running. And so to get us started, I got yet another special guest. That's just going to be our trademark. Every guest is a special guest. And so this week I got my colleague, Ms. Gabby Reed. How are you doing, ma'am? Hi, Alex. I'm doing great. How are you? I am out here just trying to stay alive amongst all the craziness in the world, you know. Mm, I understand you might stand alive. Part of it is just staying in the house. Yes, stay in the house and wear a mask, everybody. This is a wear a mask supportive podcast. So hopefully sure you are, uh, and not anti-vax. We want that vaccine as soon as possible. When it's safe, though. Yes, no, I support it. And, you know, they got the mask in all the different patterns, styles. I was thinking today, I need to go ahead and order me another five pack because this going to be, this the move for a while. And so why not have fun and accessorize with it? Exactly. Accessorize for the season. It's fall time. So you really got to get your colors right, your layers going. Yes. All that. Yeah. Plain people like me don't do that, but I support you and your efforts because you come <laughs> to work fly and you do your thing, man. You know, drop some patterns here and there, a solid one day, mix it up. Hey, stun on them one time. <laughs> uh, all right. So just like every other podcast, we are going to start it out with an icebreaker question. Alex, I'm so uh, nervous for this icebreaker question because sometimes I, don't, like, I, don't, I feel like I listen to him and I'm like, oh my gosh, what would I have said? And I have nothing. So, you know, we're going to see. The funny thing about that is I always get ideas from you, from your podcast. And so I don't understand why you're nervous about mine. Because Alex, like sometimes I send you like, oh, like Alex, you should do this icebreaker question. Like this would be, and it's not something that I want to answer. It's something that I want you to ask other people. So this might come back on me. Oh, you'll be okay, man. If you stay ready, we got to get ready, right? You right. <laughs> uh, all right. So here's the question. So if you had to choose two celebrities, and celebrities can be very much a loose interpretation um, of however you want to interpret it. Two celebrities to be your best friends, who would they be and why? So it actually isn't that hard because I feel like I've been recently pondering if I was on a talk show and someone asked me, who would I like to have dinner with? Like I had an answer ready. So this is strangely great. Um, so I feel like I would say one my girl Michelle Obama because like in like a maybe if I was older type of sense but like I've been recently listening to her podcast and I also um, read her book and I think Michelle is somebody that keeps it real and those are the type of people that like I appreciate in my life like tell me how it is don't sugarcoat it like sometimes you know just tell me nicely because my feelings but also (laughs) tell me how it is um, right. and then let me think of the other person. Um, I don't know. I feel like I almost like when I think of these people, I just pick like older people, but it's also cause you know, I kind of got an old soul. Um, I would say the other person would, 
probably be like Tracy Ellis Ross, maybe, because she's someone who (laughs) I feel like she lives a very unbothered life and she's very confident in the skin that she walks in. And um, she's really like minding her business and doing her thing. And like I said, in an unbothered manner. And so I feel like I would I would pick them for today. Okay. Okay. So uh, unbothered is the common theme of uh your 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 life right now. Is that is that is that yeah is that relevant? I, I would say that's kind of what I've grown into, kind of you know post college, really, um, to where I am right now. Is kind of do your own thing, girl. Like there is no rule book of how to you know be a woman, or there is no rule book to how to particularly be a graduate student or there's no rule book to like just so many roles in life. And so I think that there comes a time where you have to just decide like, I'm okay making my own rule book for my life. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be applicable to everyone. But I think that's the cool thing about being human is you get to make some of those decisions. And particularly, I think that this is also probably like maybe it's an American privilege, but you get to make some of those decisions for yourself to say, I don't have to live to the standard or like what's what your standard is. doesn't have to be my standard. Like this is who I am and I'm cool with it. Okay. All right. That's, that's lit, man. That is, that is the epitome of the podcast. You see, look, you are, you, you're a perfect guest. Thank you, Alex. I no, appreciate no, it. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, huh? Mm, okay. We just gonna keep rolling and we're going to keep, we're going to keep it going. <laughs> Um, all right. So that is the perfect segue, I guess, to like the topic for today. Right. So uh, for all the faithful listeners out there, uh, as you all probably recall, last season, I did an episode called Are All Men Trash? And so I had one of my uh, former colleagues, Robbie, come on and we talked about masculinity, you know, his journey, how we got there and kind of like our thoughts and thoughts on that. And so, you know, my girlfriend was like, you should definitely do one about femininity and like womanhood and I was like all right and I had the perfect person for it and Adriana you are the person I arrived on and so oh, that there's is the lots honor. of use of the words perfect out here but okay Alex listen, listen, more, more I pressure am, I, I am creating my own narrative and this is for my podcast you, you <laughs> are the perfect narrative you just said that right like there's no script and so you for my my podcast you're my perfect guest is that okay? Thank you. Thank you. Use my okay. words. Go ahead. I ain't okay. mad. Okay, using your words against you. All right. We active listening right here. That's what we do. Come on, somebody. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I'm gonna, you know, I think you're a perfect person because like you're in their mid twenties. Uh, and so you're still kind of like working through what that looks like and kind of coming yeah. into your own. And so I think uh wanting to hear your journey through that and just kind of hear your thoughts and feelings on that and a myriad of other things that happen with women in our society, because there's plenty of things to talk about. Yeah, there and is. We'll, we'll, <laughs> so we'll go from there. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So first question of the day um, to you for your personal, like this doesn't have to be dictionary. It doesn't have to be everybody's lived experience. What does it mean to be a woman to you? Yeah. And I appreciate you prefacing, prefacing it with like to me, um, because I think, as I kind of reflected on the topic that you gave me a lot of what I thought, again, it's like, there's no rule book, like what's true and what your personal standards are for yourself may not be applicable to me and vice versa. And so like all of this will be like in my reality. And so I would say for me, um, when I think about womanhood, it's like the ability to like add creativity and passion and empathy and patience to like the day, your daily encounters and the spaces you're in. Um, like to be able to 
listen to what's being said, but then hear what's actually being said, like in the spaces that you embody. Um, And I think more than anything, it's really to bring balance to life. Like when you add women to the table and they come into the conversation and they come into the room, like it shifts, the atmosphere shifts, the conversations shift, the insights and perspectives, they change. And so I think it's to add a necessary balance to life. Okay. Okay. That, that was a, that was a great eloquent uh, answer. Uh, I have a follow-up. So I guess what is, what do you think womanhood provides a balance to, right? Like I have, I think I know where you're going with that, but I'd rather you explain it yourself. So like, what is it providing balance to? Yeah. I think like, for example, if we're going to say in like the workplace or in the boardroom, I think if you have a all male um, board or all men in the room, not saying that all men think the same, but there is like men and women aren't necessarily wired the same. So there's a perspective that's missing. And so there may be like thoughts that, um, may not have come to light if a woman hadn't been in the room. And so I think most people would agree, or at least I would advocate and say like women are natural in most cases, nurturers. And that's something that doesn't as often, I would say, come naturally to men. And so that's, there's just different qualities that men and women typically embrace just naturally because of like who they are genetically. And so I think that you have missing elements when you have missing people in the room. And I think that can even be like segmented down to look at like race and culture when you don't have the necessary players in the room, like you're missing necessary components. And so I think this is totally not your question, but just just (laughs) kind of like, like addition, like when we talk about like diversity efforts, if everybody at the table looks the same, how can you all advocate and really know what diversity efforts should look like um, if you don't have a diverse voice or you don't have diverse voices at the table promoting what it is that you're trying to develop? Now, that, that, that's a phenomenal point. I think you got to where I was going with this, right? So I think for women, oftentimes you're working in the world of, uh, you know, patriarchy, like it's male dominated. Mm-hmm. Almost every, most industries, the example you use in the boardroom, like that's a, there's a, there's a layer to that, like most high up corporate ladders are assumed to be like white men. If we're going, if we're going yeah. to add the race to it. Right. And so like, you know, having women of, of any race, specifically like even black women, like that is a lived experience that they don't have. And you can provide a different balance and kind of perspective to what their normal track is. And that will help them be better people. And then, you know, hopefully they give you the credit from that. <laughs> mm, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Have but that's another topic for another it. day. We could go on, on many days for that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I kind of wanted to ask follow-up questions, but illustrate it through your life about something that you said about like being nurturing. Because uh, I think uh, I think that's a very common uh, experience and like thought process that uh, women are more nurturing. Uh, but I, in my opinion, I would argue that's a socialized trait rather than like natural in terms of like biological. Uh, but we'll we'll make the argument through your life and we'll see what happens <laughs> okay <laughs> uh so i guess like talk me through if you think back to your childhood years so think maybe like elementary school uh and just kind of like growing up before you like went to middle school like if you had it what would middle school elementary school gabby define as like woman or like being a girl like what, what would she say being a girl or woman meant yeah, so I think um, the best way for me to probably explain what that experience was like is to kind of invite you into my experience and to kind of share like what influences I had at that kind of stage of my life. 
if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. Um, so I think growing up, kind of like elementary and middle school, um, the biggest influences in my life at that time were like my mom and my grandma, and they both were t- uh, teachers. And so I think that's kind of when you mentioned like the nurturing aspect, like in my perspective, in my reality, that's what comes, that's why I have that kind of frame is because like when you think of a teacher, like hopefully you think of someone who's like nurturing and like cares about kids, <laughs> not always, but in my case, like that's what I saw. And so um, when I thought about like womanhood from the two women that I spent the most time with at that time in my life, it was um, career oriented. And so um, one of, um, you know, society's favorite questions is what are you going to be when you grow up? And <laughs> at that time, like I also wanted to be a teacher, but I always had an answer. Like it was never like, oh, I just want to be a princess. And that's what some people wanted to be. But for me, it was always like, it's going to be like this career and education is what was in front of me at the time. And so it was like, I'm going to be a teacher. And then I think um, the other kind of thing that you think about like elementary school. So I played with dolls. Like I love dolls. I have, I went from Barbies to Brad's. I had the dream house with the elevator. And so who do you, who do you see in the commercials? You have Barbie and you have Ken. And neither of them are really reflective of my life, but, (laughs) um, you know, you have the wife and then at some point they came out with like pregnant Barbie. I don't know. That's neither here nor there, but you have like the wife or, and you have, um, or the girlfriend, whatever she is. And you have Ken and they do stuff together and sometimes they have matching outfits. And so you get into the idea of like, okay, part of womanhood is being a wife and being a mom. And so that kind of idea was birthed in, um, into my mind. Um, and then I think, overall like in that early space of my life there was never really any like pressures to conform like I played basketball in elementary school but I also uh, played with dolls and so it was never like oh this is too girly or like that's too tomboyish don't do that it was kind of like I got to set those boundaries and it was encouraged um as I like got older I would say um into like more into middle school high school it started to evolve more as I got to meet more people so like early on my perspective was the two women who were in my life but of course as you get older you start to have build like deeper relationships with teachers or you have like organization sponsors and things like that and so I think as I got older I started to get into makeup and so, you know, is makeup one of those things like this is just like to be a woman at this age, like you wear makeup. And so I think in middle school, oh my gosh, middle school, seventh grade is when I first got my eyebrows waxed. And <laughs> we praise the Lord that they grew back and they thick now because they were little, little pencil lines then because like that's what I thought that I wanted. And I think I was just allowed to wear like eyeliner then. But it wasn't the good eyeliner. So, like, by the end of the day, it was, like, running, like, halfway, like, uh. down my eye. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> tragic. <laughs> and so, <laughs> at that point, it was kind of like, oh, well, now I'm of age. I can wear makeup. And so, that kind of entered my frame of, like, this is growing up to be a woman. Like, I can wear makeup. And then, um, as I got a little bit older, past middle school, like, high school, that's when I started dating. And so, I think when you started to get into femininity at that point it starts to look at somewhat of like gender roles and so I mean 
you know, you're 10th grade going to the mall or to the movies or whatever with a guy, like, he probably having to ask his mama for money, like, you having to ask your mama for money, like, you're barely, <laughs> like, 15, 16, and so, um, I know I went out, like, a couple of times with the guys, and, like, <laughs> I was paying for my movie ticket, and he was paying for his movie ticket, and so that kind of, like, triggered something in my brain of, like, well, should guys be paying for my movie ticket? Why he didn't? Why he didn't get extra money? Uh, and so there's kind of like that perspective. Um, but I think throughout all of it, I kind of, and I know what you want to talk about like dating like a little bit later. But I think that's kind of one of the things early on that dating in high school that is something that kind of shaped like a foundation of like where some of my personal expectations are and like where I've been able to define like what a relationship looks like and like how I want to contribute to it and how I believe the other my other my partner should contribute to it as well so that's kind of like early childhood elementary middle high school type stuff no that's great that's great there's so many I was taking notes so I'm ready I'm prepared to ask questions and we're, we're gonna go with it uh so I think the first thing that you said uh kind of like your first like, I guess, like, thoughts around it with, like, your family members. And so kind of, like, seeing what they, like, how they live their lives. And that's natural. Like, that's who you have close proximity to. Social media wasn't a thing there, right? So, like, you didn't have you didn't have anything to, like, really compare it to. So, like, your family is usually the first, like, stepping stone into, like, learning about the world and who you are and how you kind of fit in it. Uh, and so, like, hearing, you know, your family was teachers and so, like, you still want to be a teacher. And then I think as you kind of got older, you realized your own strengths and weaknesses. So like, I thought that was interesting. Um, I like the the point you made about dolls, right? So when I think about my childhood, um, I didn't play with, like, I guess functionally I did play with dolls, but like they were like resting figures, right? Yeah. It's uh, like, I think like by natural, you know, like, at least how our parents conditioned us. Like I had wrestling figures. I had the wrestling ring. I had the thing where they came out. I had all the CDs with the instrument music. I had it all. I had the belts. I had, literally whole, had it all. I had the, the whole thing. So, I had it all. So like, just like you had the dolls with the elevator in the house and the Bobby and Ken, like I had the boy version of that. Uh, and it just makes me think like, why is like that though? Like toys are like for kids. Yes. But like, what does that look like if we just didn't, project things on them right so if they like wrestling great if they like dolls great but like give them a chance to kind of choose which dolls they want instead of just like because i imagine your barbies you just got them right like you didn't say i want these or you probably saw commercial and then x for like yeah i think it's like a mix like i mean for christmas like it's really like you say you want a barbie and like you get what barbie you unwrap like that's just what you get <laughs> but then like there would also be times where you're like going through the store and you're like oh like this one right here can i get this one today please like right here it's a it's a kind of a mix okay um and so like the one thing that you said that really struck me is like you said you didn't feel like you were pressured growing up uh and i think that's that's exciting for you right i'm I'm very excited for you but when i think about people and like even see like my cousins or like my life like as you kind of as like going in your teen years uh you often are like pressured so like you said you play basketball but you also play with dolls like i only played with wrestlers and played basketball like i wasn't ever kind of like taught the softer side of life um and so, like, I think that's that's interesting to see, like, how that played into your, I guess, like, identity. Um, and so, shout out to your family, the Reed family, for not pressuring you to be a certain way um, as you, like, grew up. And I think one thing that's, like, important for me to also, like, contribute or add here is for the first 10 years of my life, my mom was a single mom. And so, I think that also plays a significant role in her, like, 
not pressuring me to do certain things because I think that sometimes and again this is this is not for all families but I think that sometimes (laughs) when you have like two parents in the household like simultaneously like raising kids there is potentially like more pressure or more influence to like go one way or the other way but when you're a single parent like raising your kids are, is important but also like paying the bills like that's not your only yeah. priority it's like raising the kids like there are like balancing priorities that you have to go on like you need to raise your kid but like keeping the lights on is a part of raising your kids and so I think that um part of for my mom like again like I would need to confirm with her but from what I like think about reflecting on is like it's a lot of work to pressure your kids and reinforce the pressure of like com- conformity when you're like balancing you know paying the bills and your job and like at one point like my mom was in grad school also and so it was a lot okay your mom your mom did it all shout out to mom oh she's my superhero i heard being a strong black woman that's what we like to hear man <laughs> um all right so you alluded to it earlier we're gonna we're gonna talk about it then so you you were saying how uh in high school you know dating really started to kind of, I guess, I guess, form your expectations for like yourself in relationships, but also like guys in that. And so I guess talk a little bit more about any experiences you'd like to share with us about how that's kind of shaped how you view yourself and how men are yeah. in that equation. So I think like that question kind of touches on, cause I know I talked about like early, like what womanhood meant to me, like pre-college. And I think like the dating question kind of flows into like college and post-college um so I think like again like when I was dating in high school it was kind of like okay like I'm paying for like the thing about me is I always say like and this is probably part of the single parenthoodness in me but like I will always hold it down for me like I always got my own like I don't ever you know go out expecting like oh well I'm not gonna bring no money because he got money girl nah and so like I like Gabby got some money too and so I think that's something that I've always when it comes to dating um like for example um when you go to a restaurant and the waiter is like oh one check or two in my mind I always count like two seconds and if if gentlemen across the table ain't said nothing oh it's two checks then um and so I try and give you like a couple seconds to jump in and say like oh no one check and then I think the other part of it is that I want to make clear also is that probably on the first date for it to be for me for it to be called a date like the man should pay but if this grows into like a relationship or something I definitely advocate for you know we share like you know you pay for the movies last week I pay for dinner this week or whatever it's not always like me expecting that you pay for everything like no if I have a job and I'm working and you have a job and you working like I can equally contribute to this but I think for me it's important on the first day like no I need you to go ahead and like put the bill if you serious about this and I think <laughs> like probably that that also just has a lot to do with like my upbringing um but I think for me that's something that I've like said like no that's important to me and I think the other thing is um, we think dating and this is also something that I've, I've been particular about my whole life if we're together I, I I don't like and we're not necessarily with cars with cars I can get out my own side of the car I think you know it's not necessary for you to get out and me waiting in the car you come all the way around and open my door but if we both walk into AMC I'm gonna need you to go ahead and get that door um and so (laughs) that's something that's very important to me and I know we get into these conversations about chivalry and if it's dead and like equal rights and like women like I I am well able to open doors for myself however I would like the person that I am dating or like my partner um to go ahead and get that door for me and so I think that there are just um 
like little things that I got to experiment with like in high school like oh like it's just important to me like how do you really feel about it and then watch it evolve um and I think when we think about dating one of the things as I got older so I would say towards the end of high school up until college even to now is I've become an observer in a lot of ways of other relationships not to say like oh they goals or oh I want to be like (laughs) them or oh I want a husband just like that but to just understand different relationships. And so I think that's like the beautiful thing about college for me is like, you get to get out of your context, you get to get out of your little city, you get to get out of, um, you know, what's familiar, your your church, you get to see other people and other relationships. And I think that's also like where your perspective gets to, your perspective evolves. And so like, for me, something that I'm really passionate about is like if we both work like and this is I'm saying like in a marriage but like if we both work we both pay bills we both contributing we both can cook dinner we both can wash dishes and so um that's something that's important to me is like having equal roles and like sure there may be someone who does something better than another person but we we all know how to do the thing and it's not like oh well Gabby's the only one who knows how to do this or Gabby doesn't do it it doesn't get done no, it's like everyone knows how to do the thing. Like Gabby may do it better, but like you, you know how to do it. And so I think for dating, it's been, um, it's interesting. Um, like personally, like I haven't been in that many relationships and I'm, I think I used to struggle saying that because I think like maybe when you're in high school, like there's this kind of stigma around like, you've only had one boyfriend type thing. But as I get older, I'm like, no, I've only had like, you know, I can count on one hand type, like, relationships and I'm confident in that and I think that's a part of um kind of the evolution of womanhood for me is learning to kind of like I mentioned earlier be unbothered and be confident in my skin and so like again getting to say no this is this is who Gabby is and like I get to set my own parameters and I get to set my own boundaries and the lines and like I don't have Mm -hmm. to fall within this context or this specific label and so I think with dating um regardless of I think where you are in life like it's hard (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean just combining lives with someone um particularly um I believe in dating to marry and so of course like you know 16 year old Gabby dating someone like I'm probably not going to marry that person but I don't think I would have spent time with that person if I didn't think that they had qualities that would um at some point become like a good spouse And so now that I've gotten older, like dating to marry is even more important to me because for me, dating is like an emotional investment. And so I don't want to, you know, invest so many emotions and feelings into something that I knew from day one wasn't going to be sustainable. And so that's something that's very important to me Um, and something that like I would mutually expect from a partner is that this is something like serious like I'm not just you know you're not just my boyfriend just just for a couple months just because I got lonely like that's not that's not my (laughs) mo and so um one of the things right now that's just very interesting because I'm single right now is um I have a friend whose wedding is coming up in a couple weeks and this whole plus one situation (laughs) I um yeah like there's this pressure um and, like, of course, like, you can go to weddings and not have plus ones, but, like, who trying to go to a wedding and not have a plus one? Not me. And so um, <laughs> I'm in this, like, weird space of, like, you know, 
we're in this COVID world, so I'm not necessarily out here like meeting new people. And I'm not too big into like the online dating thing. I think for me, that's a little sketchy. I know some people meet on online dating and they like live happily ever after. But I need to know people's real intentions like behind the, from behind the screen. And so I'm not too big into the online dating. And so um, I don't know. For me, this is when I think it's good to have a mix of friends. So I get to leverage a couple of my like guy friends and be like, hey, you want to just be my plus one for this event? But I think that's kind of like another societal thing is like having a plus one at the event. Who, who are you bringing with you? Who's Gabby have on her arm tonight? Like type situation. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of, uh, I think, really cultural things that impact how we feel about ourselves as it relates to dating and like the appearance of dating. Okay, you you gave me a lot. I am. I was taking notes. I'm ready. I'm ready to fire. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> maybe not fire. Just engage. <laughs> so, so I'm, re- I'm, I'm ready to engage and ask questions. Because uh, I think under like underlying with like a number of things you said was kind of like making your own path versus like what societal expectations are. And so yeah. um, I'm intrigued to see, cause like, I think your opinion or like how you approach things is probably in the minority. If you were to survey oh, yeah. X amount of people, your age, my age, many people in the world, honestly, maybe you get older, it gets more towards where you at. But I think to be 24, like, I think that's not your perspective is not normal. And so like the first thing that stuck out, it was like, you know, if the guy actually want to date, uh, he should pay for the first date. But then if y'all like actually go on like repeated dates, like sharing responsibilities, right? Like I think that's, that's a controversial uh, topic, <laughs> I guess I would say uh, for like women. Yeah. And so I guess, what would you say to people that are like, uh-uh, a man should pay for all the dates. The woman should just be, I am the gift. I'm the prize. I should just come up and I shouldn't have to pay for anything. What would you say to those people? I think that means like the woman has to really evaluate like how she looks at the relationship and like what her intention is. And so like for me, I'm hoping to be like equal partners with my spouse. Um, Wait, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay, it wasn't showing my little bars. Okay, Um, I'm hoping to be equal partners with my spouse. And so in the same way that I said, I can cook and he can cook, I can wash dishes and he can wash dishes. In the same way, like if this gentleman is out here working to have a paycheck to be able to take me out, like I want to be able to treat treat him as well in the same way that he's treating me. And so I think there's a mutual respect. And so I think that in the same way that you like if, if a woman's perspective is like, no, he don't pay for everything. What are you OK with him saying? Well, no, you're going to be the only one who does that. That's that's a good point. That's a good that's a good point. Uh, and I, I mean, if that's, that's y'all's relationship, that's y'all's relationship. But I think for me, it's like I want to be equal contributors. Like I don't ever want to feel like, like I don't want to say a burden, but like I'm not in. I don't think I'm entitled to like. Oh, you have to pay for this every time. Like I want you to feel as equally as special as you're making me feel. Hmm. Uh, I I agree with you. So I think when I think about me and, and Jasmine, like how kind of how we navigate, like. Um, we are closer to the shared responsibility model than other times. Uh, I say oftentimes we're in that model, but other times she'd be like, nah, you're going to do that. <laughs> uh, <and> sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's playfully. So like, I just, I just think through like, where does like women, like, where do you draw the line of like what you do? Right. So like, for example, most women don't shoot their shot at men, or let's say you don't actively shoot your shot. Right. Most women mm-hmm. just, you know, 
I stared at you for last. I stared at you for five minutes. How do you not know I like you? Right? Like that's usually (laughs) what I've seen. And like that's that's one way to do it. Uh, But when I think about my girlfriend, like she actually like shot her shot, Uh, like directly, like yo, let's go on a date. Let's do this X Y Z. But like most women, but like uh uh, if the man wants me, he won't do it. But I'm like that's not like it's not wrong to want that. But also like you shouldn't be just like defiance from ever like having to be active in the process of dating somebody. At least in my mind. No, I think that's true. I think for me, I'm definitely the like I smiled at you for five minutes, and what you mean you didn't know that I you didn't read my mind? What? <laughs> but no, I think for me, um, in most cases, so I think um, people don't just automatically, especially as you get older, like people don't just automatically know you out here like single. Um, I mean, yeah, they can check your hand, but like I don't think it's just like a common assumption. And so I think part on like from my perspective if I want a man to approach me or to know that I'm like approachable, I have to make it known that like I'm available. And that don't mean like throwing myself all over him, but at right. the same time it may mean like initiating conversation or having like open body language and not being like closed off and like reserved and like don't make eye contact. So I think there are cues that you can send. Um, but I think, I think it depends. So I, I know um, in my, in my last relationship, um, the guy, he, had made it clear to me a few years back that he had interest in me. And like, at the time I was like, no, you know, I'm doing my thing. You're doing your thing. Like, nah, not really. <laughs> feeling it. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> not really feeling it. And then, um, as you know, time progressed and we just built our friendship, I came to realize like, you know, like he's a good guy. And like, I think that I'm like, you know, I have interest in him. And then I was able to follow up on the conversation, <laughs> the conversation from a few years back to say like, hey, like, do you still have those feelings? Well, I think like maybe they're shared feelings now, but I don't know that I will have ever like organically approached him like, hey, I feel this type of way. I just think like in my character, like that's that's not who I am. And so I think when I reflect on like the courage that it takes men to, because in most cases it is men who are like approaching women. So I think it takes major courage and that's probably not something I would do. And so I think, you know, let me give props to the brothers out there with the courage approaching women first. Because that's that's not, that ain't me. <laughs> uh, shoot your shot, man. You, you never know what happens, man. Shoot or shoot, man. That's, that's what they say in basketball, right? You're a former basketball player. Shoot or shoot. That's what we do. Or I think for me, do. it would have to be like a clear, open shot. Like there is no, like, honestly, I ain't nobody else in the court. Like, I know I'm about to make this shot. Like, <laughs> 10 out of 10 but otherwise like i'm probably i'm probably gonna uh play it safe and ride the bench until i know that you know the coach and put me in the game and it's a okay. clear open shot i mean hey that that's okay man I, that that's human nature i'd say uh and i'd say even from a guy perspective like that's part of the apprehension of like ever approaching women i mean some guys are just like they just have the audacity to just assume every woman wants them but mm-hmm. usually the the more like balanced uh male uh is like ah she gonna say yes say no and like he's usually you know the stare could mean a many things right like the stare could be like girl look at his hairline or like girl look at his busted shoes or like girl he fine like it could be all of those things and you know the, the stare doesn't give me enough but like from your side you're like yeah this is it i was staring at you what you mean sir and it's just i think it's funny to see how people struggle to communicate what they want and at least effectively like we suck as that as a as a world but that is that uh this leads me to a question so me and my girlfriend joke about this often but uh i want to hear your thoughts on it so do you think it's ever right for a woman to propose to a man (laughs) 
I mean, I feel like using the terms right and wrong is very definitive. <laughs> However, in my experience, for me, I wouldn't do that. Because I think, like, okay, like, uh, if a woman asks a man out and, like, it works out, like, great. I mean, there are plenty of little, like, I slid in the DMs type stories out there. And, like, they're happily ever after. Like, great, great, great. However, I think that, for me, it comes down to... um at some point, like, I want to know that the man can initiate something. And um, we're going we're gonna to transition and get a little biblical here for a minute um, because I'm a <laughs> Christian. And so I think for me, and this is, um, this is one of those things that I've learned. Um, I go to a non-denominational church and it is, we talk a lot about like dating and relationships in a very transparent way that I can appreciate. And as singles and young adults, we ask a lot of hard questions and I think we get a lot of honest answers and so one of the things that I've heard in this in this space of like oh like women proposing to men or women like driving the relationship is if you are as a woman are going to be okay always driving the relationship then propose but for me I want to be able to like like I don't want to say play the background or like I want to be able, like, if, I mean, honestly, if we're talking like biblical type relationships, I want to be able to like follow my husband. I want him to be able to lead. Now, granted, I should be an equal partner in this. And so like, before he makes a decision, we should talk about it. But <laughs> I, I, let, me, let me be clear. I also want to be able to like follow his lead. Like, I want to know that this man is a good leader. He's leading our family. But if I'm the one who always has to take the initiative, I, I and what, what do I have? What credibility does he have to say that he is a good leader? Like, I want to know that you can take the initiative, you can make some hard calls, because you're the one that's going to be, like, essentially, like, driving the ship of our family. And I wouldn't be able to trust, like, oh, no, my husband, he got it. Oh, no, he's a good leader. He thought this decision through. It's rational. Even though, you know, I'm not understanding it, I trust his insight and his discernment. Like, he has shown me that. And so, for me, like, proposing... At that point, I feel like I've made the ultimate initiate, like initiation, like, okay, I'm initiating you, you are mine. And it's like, okay, at what point can I then expect you to initiate and lead our family? Okay. So does it automatically mean, so if a man does propose, like, does that automatically like make him like the, like, I guess the no the quote unquote leader? Uh, no. And then I guess like, if you want like a, an equal like marriage in terms of like y'all both leading like does he have to be the lead since y'all both are up there or like you know so i think keep... it definitely does not like a man proposing definitely does not make him a leader let me just no <laughs> however i think that it can, it can be one indicator but it is not the sole indicator there should be some other credible things in there that you can tap into to say this is how i know that this man is a leader um but as far as like equal partners and i think this goes back to like we both can do it, but you might do it better. And so I think that there is a balance of any good leader should be able to acknowledge when this is not their strong suit. And if they know, you know, my my team, pay, my co-pilot right here, this is this is where they got their muscles. This is where their strength is. Then I should be able to pass it to them and like be okay, like acknowledging this is where my this is where I'm weak, but this is where you're strong. And I think that's also leadership. Okay. I, I agree with that. I, I'm just, you know, as I think through the, the scripts that I've been taught and kind of see in the world from my people that I know that are married, people that I know are engaged, conversations when you talk about pop culture things, like oftentimes it's like the man's the head 
and the woman's the neck. That's usually the example I hear people are like, and like the oh, man well. can't move without the neck. And I'm like, I, I, I agree with like, but sometimes like when I hear that, like it makes it that like the woman is like second place. And like, it, yeah. ideally, like I want my wife to be like equal, right? Like Jasmine, you listening? I want you to be equal, right? Like <laughs> kind of like Adriana saying, we both won't cook. We both won't do things like there's everything in our marriage. We both should be able to do one might do it better than another. And like, that's okay. Uh, but we both got to do it. Right. And so, like, but oftentimes that's not the narrative that we have in the world. And it's like, women got to be this and women are just following the man's lead. But then when things hit the fan, it's like, I've been running this show the whole time. And so it's like, which one is it? I don't know. And so it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just confusing when I think about it. Like, what do we really want in the world? And what's a woman's place? What's a man's place? Who really knows? Honestly. <laughs> the but along the same lines, I got another different direction to go with the same topic. Okay. Uh, and so oftentimes I hear people say like, you know, uh, it's a man's role to protect the woman. Uh, to you, what, is that, what does that mean? Right? Or and also, is it like actually the man's responsibility to help protect women? Uh, so yes. I think with this, um, this can go a lot of ways. And so the way that I'm initially thinking of it, I think that there is an equal responsibility to protect, but I think that this is where you get to leverage your strengths. And so in most situations, not, not every relationship, not every man to woman, but in many relationships, like the man is often like physically stronger than the woman. Like that's just often like how it is. Not every time, but often. And so when I think like protect, like I'm thinking, you know, if somebody is breaking into our house, like you probably should walk down the stairs first. But at the same time, I'm not going to be, you know, in the room crossing down in the closet, like hoping everything's OK. Like, no, I'm going to have either backdoor calling the police or I'm going to be backdoor with like the baseball bat or something like. But in that regard, yes. However, on the other hand, when we talk about like isn't like this person's responsibility to, to protect, I say it's mutual because I think at the same time in male to female relationships sometimes men can be oblivious to things and I think that um women can are sometimes more attuned to as I said earlier things that were said but then what was really said and so I think sometimes in certain spaces like it's the woman's job to like protect the man for like things like his blind spot or things that he may not have seen or may not have been keenly attuned to that she picked up that he didn't hear and I think that's just like an equal partnership it's like you protect me in the things that you're stronger in and vice versa. And so like, again, like you're probably physically stronger than me. And so should I be fighting off the intruder? I mean, I'm not going to let you hold it down by yourself, but like, <laughs> why am I the one tiptoeing down the stairs first? And so in that regard, like you, yes. But I also think like there's a, another end to that also is like, and I think there's also particularly sometimes when it comes to like other women sometimes men are like oblivious like oh that was just an innocent little email she sent me no it wasn't <laughs> and you like you're oblivious to it but here is how I'm protecting you in that manner is I'm letting you know no that wasn't a little innocent email don't respond to it or report it like no okay okay I definitely I definitely feel that uh, so what would you say like because I think I see on social media a lot um, like outside of romantic relationships they're still like uh, an expectation that men protect women and so like what do you in your opinion what does that look like um and like how how does that kind of play out in society 
Yeah, so even in that regard, I think 100%, like, that protection should be mutual still, like, even outside of a dating relationship. Um, I think that in a lot of ways, and this is going to be a generalization, so it doesn't apply to everybody, (laughs) but I think in a lot of ways, black women go to bat for black men all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, whether it's your teachers in the classroom, whether it's your single mom, whether it's your aunts, your sisters, the HR director, etc. Like, in a lot of ways, like, Black women go to bat for Black men often. Um, And this reminds me, this is a complete sidebar, but it reminds me of the song Brother by Angie Stone. And it's like, I'm here for you. I love you. Like, I see you. Like, we go to bat for them in a lot of ways. Um, and so I think even if you look historically, like we look, we can look at the civil rights movement. You see like black women are really the backbone of the bus, the bus boycott. Like they are the ones cooking the food to make the money to sustain people being able to have additional transportation. Um, or like you look, you can go even further back. We can go like to Harriet Tubman. Like she is this woman who is actively like risking her life to help people get to freedom and she goes back for her husband and he's a whole nother woman at that point and so it's like in so many different scenarios historically even to present day like I feel like we see black women like go to like put like put on for black men and like take care of them and so yes I think that same mutual respect is due and particularly when we think about like single moms like particularly in most situations like single moms have like custody of the kids and so and there's a um high percentage of single single mothers and single parent households in black communities and so it's like who who are the people out here um who's the woman making sure that you you know have lights on who's the woman who's making sure that you have food on the table who's the woman helping you with your homework like, in most cases, that was a Black woman. So, yes, I think that there is a responsibility to protect Black women because I think that Black women reciprocate that. Okay. Hey, I support you. I, I'm here for it. I got, like, kind of th- passionate there. No, huh? no, no. Hey, hey that's, that's what I like. Because um, I think <laughs> oftentimes, like, it's just, like, a common thing, right? Like, there's so many examples, like you said, of, like, women do all this stuff to kind of help Black men. But I think oftentimes it's not, like, that same energy isn't reciprocated in any kind of, like, fashion, right? So I think from, you know people these men get on social media and be like i only prefer this kind of women because mm-hmm. this kind of women do this i only prefer this because that and y'all always be nagging y'all always, mm-hmm. yeah y'all always doing this y'all always doing that and then even outside of that that lane like i think about there's things that we do that put women in bad situations right so like brianna taylor isn't alive now because a black what black men at least one black man in her life was doing some stuff that like ultimately wasn't conducive to her keeping her life alive right uh, yes, the police had an active role in it, but like also, I think she's a victim of like black men just doing what they want to be out here in these streets. But then she's the ultimate like penalty and uh, pays the price. And so, I think as men, we definitely could be so much better like emotionally supporting women. We can be you know physically protecting women, but like I also think more on an emotional side. I think that has like the larger weight, right? And so like let's not stop denigrating women. Like if you have a preference, that's fine, but you don't gotta like have that preference at the expense of these women, right? Like there's there's ways to do it without like putting down the other group but oftentimes us men folk find a way in many ways to create harm uh, for men and hopefully we can do better to keep our women out here being great i agree uh you know kind of <laughs> kind of like brother uh mr lanes mr tory lanes you know that that him and meg's Italian situation right like 
uh, even with like through the facts of like him allegedly shooting her, like on the back end of it, like she's just like, this is what happened. That's it. He made a whole album staying his side of it, right? Like he's capitalizing on this black woman's pain. That's not protecting women. Like that, that it kind of inferior makes me like thinking about it. And I haven't listened to his album, but just like seeing what people are saying to have listened to it, like it's literally just him kind of creating his own narrative on the side. And then it's all kind of articles saying that his his camp tried to like forge text messages and try to paint this picture like Meg is lying. And I'm like, though, that's not protecting women, man. <laughs> I think that's a great point thinking in terms of like because you said you hadn't listened to his album yet and I think that I mean it can be women in general it can be black women like I think that collectively in female communities there's a lot of power when we band together and so one thing that's been really important to me um, this year particularly throughout the summer as so many companies issued statements around Black Lives Matter or so many companies did not or so many companies said we feel for y'all but there's no action plan I think that there's a lot of power when we come together and say well I'm no longer going to support this company or I'm no longer going to because this is what the CEO stands for I'm no longer going to support that or this artist this is the type of music that he thinks is appropriate or this is the type of lifestyle that he wants to promote like I'm not going to support that and I think that there's a lot of power when people come together and say like, no, that's not acceptable. But as long as we continue to say, oh, well, this story is convenient, even though they're not reinvesting in my community, even though they don't have any women on their executive board, even though this, the store is right there. So I'm just going to go like, no, your, your money has power. Your money, money in a lot of ways is like a great way to advocate your voice. And so um, I think just in this example, you said like, oh, um, his, he just made a whole album about this. Well, as women, we have the opportunity to say, you know, I'm not going to support the album and his, his views or his plays can go down. And so I think that from the artist perspective, but also looking at companies and CEOs and how they reinvest into the communities and how they um, like, let's look at who their consumers are and let's look at the communities their consumers live in and let's look and see how they are supporting or not supporting those communities. And if you feel like, you know, either as like a black person, this company isn't properly um, like basically like respecting the money that I give them or as a woman, like you all obviously don't take um, femininity serious or you don't value women in the same way that you value men in your organization. I want to take my business elsewhere and I'm going to take my money with me. Okay. Hit them where it hurts, right? That money. Yes, I think so. Like that's like women in so many ways. Like, I I mean, you've seen it through history. Like when we come together, like we make change and it doesn't always have to be through like policy or through protesting. Like those things are important, but sometimes it's through economics and saying we won't support your business. Kind of like the bus boycott. Like we won't support your business because this is what you stand for. But like you can, that can happen in modern day today. Oh, for sure. I, I, I'm here for it. You know, uh, there's there's some musical artists that people don't listen to anymore. Like every time it comes on, I'm like oh he's on that song too. Next, <laughs> lol. Um, yeah, I won't say the name. You, everybody knows what I'm talking about. If you if you know, you know, right? Like, we're not gonna say his name, but anytime and he's on a lot of songs and he's written a lot of songs. Yeah, so. all them features. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time he come on, he's like, "Oh, it's my jam." Oh, click. I forgot he's on. Can't that be song. no more. Not, not no more. No more streams for me. Uh, so yeah, I definitely agree and support like kind of what you're saying. Uh, in the spirit of like you said, like banding together, uh, sister Meg, you know, sister Meg the Stallion uh, teamed up with good old sis uh, Cardi B to make a, a very great song. At least that's very popular these days. It's called uh, "Good Old Wop." I won't, you know, if you don't know the song by now, just hop on a streaming service, y'all, and you can listen to it. 
Uh, WAP is an acronym for a uh, uh, description of a woman's body parts, you know, uh, and then, you know, you kind of go from there. But well, I guess what are your thoughts um, on like WAP and like kind of the controversy of it? Because most people are saying like, uh, women shouldn't be making music like this, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, these rappers make this exact same music, even probably more explicit to this and don't have that same energy. So I guess like what are your thoughts on that whole situation? Um, I don't know that I have like a lot of thoughts about it. I mean, I think because I mean, I personally like I'm a familiar with the song, but like that ain't really my type of music. So I ain't listened to the whole song before. But also, it's no it's no shade to Megan Cardi. Like if a rap, if a guy sung the same like type of song, like I still I equally wouldn't listen to it. But um, I think that well, one, I think a lot of things. I, I saw this post once and it was basically like cardi b and meg's job is not to like inform your children on how to live their lives like that's your job as a parent and i think there's some validity to that (laughs) but also at the same time um yeah you're right like when women sing about things that um are, are far left which are things that men sing about all the time it's definitely i would say looked at different differently but i also think that that's partially because it's I don't want to say like an untapped area, but like, it's just not so common for women. So I think that's part of the reason why, but I think that when we look at that song, like you can look at that song on like the right end of the spectrum and then on the left end of the spectrum, you look at like modesty culture. And so I think that there's a line somewhere in between those two. Like there's a middle ground of like, you know, maybe I don't have to, have like every single dress that I own down to my ankles and like turtlenecks but at the same time like <laughs> maybe I won't walk down the street in like my bikini I don't know and so I think that there's like a line somewhere in between but I also think that at the end of the day whether I agree with the song or not Megan Cardi knows what sales like that song has every week for probably the past three weeks at least when I open my Amazon Prime like weekly notification or it gives me like oh here are the things you should read here are the things you should listen to that song's been up there and so they know what sales um in the same way that men know what sales and so like regardless of the quality of the song that that like they know what sales like I think that's kind of like the bottom line um but for me like I said I think that there's a middle ground somewhere but at the end of the day this also goes back to people setting their own parameters and deciding like what's appropriate for them and like what's not and I think also part of this as we look at like because I mean there are plenty of female artists out there and they sing like different types of songs and I think part of it is understanding like where people are coming from their context um I think when I like for women in general there's a lot of value in understanding people's whole story and not necessarily just like what you heard in this song or necessarily like what you saw in this post but like understanding them more thoroughly Uh, I think that brings a lot of like empathy um, and empathy often yields unity, not always, but often. Um, and so I think, <laughs> let me be clear. Um, but yeah, I think that um, at the end of the day, as it relates to that, like they know what sales and like this is their career. So whether someone agrees with the song or not, it's it's not low on the charts. For sure, for sure. Uh, I, I think oftentimes, so me and Jasmine, be like, we have to talk oftentimes like about like just hip hop culture. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, like, there's, like, there's just some songs that come on, like, so if you hear, like, 
uh, you know, the back that ass up. Like if you hear that song, like, like that, yeah, taking over, right, right. Yes. immediately you're probably dancing right now. Uh, and so like, I just think there's, there are certain songs that like, we don't keep that same energy and like women always mm-hmm. be like the short end of the stick. But then when I like critically, like listen to all the music that I listen to like, that are in hip hop culture, like embedded in it is so much like misogyny from like women being the currency, right? Like if you think like Usher, after tonight, don't leave your girl around me. You play for right, like that literally yeah. means the woman is the currency. Right? Like, why is women have to be the butt of like what men do and like their value in life? That's a question I ask myself quite often. I haven't found an answer yet, and like, I don't know. It kind of like bothers me, and, th- and I just think about it all the time because I don't know if there's like a right answer to that. Um, but like, I think that seeps into so much that we do as a culture, and like, um, just kind of how much how that harms women. So like, if I'm really trying to protect black women, like, is this the music that? Uh, but at the same time, it's a bop, right? Girl, you got to, uh, 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 and it's just like, how yeah. do you, how do you move on and kind of go to productive places? Cause that's not where the whole culture is going. And so that's something that like, I think about all the time and uh, don't have an answer to it yet, but trying to find yeah. ways to like support black women. And if I'm going to do that, like I have to make sure everything I do fits that and not just like lip service and like, Oh, I'll physically yeah. protect you. But like, I'll go still blast this song. Just talking about your butt, your, your titties, you this and that. And it's like, is that really, and then like, the song is a song, but like it's also creating like a culture of people that don't like I guess challenge what they're listening to. So you can listen to that music and I'm like, this is not the right way to live life, but like it's entertaining. But many mm-hmm. people in the world don't know it's just entertainment and like that becomes our reality and then they kinda act out and do all the things to women. And so like oftentimes I'm still trying to wrestle like how do I help support women and be a better if I'm gonna be an ally, like I gotta really be about that life. And so I'm trying to Work through that and i'm sure jasmine will now ask me about this later tonight <laughs> after this place but that's okay like i think that's that's good conversation that we have so no i think that's a great point i um i mean i don't i don't have the answer either um but i think that that's an awesome like conversation that you should continue on the podcast with another guest i think you should bring <laughs> in like a couple musical artists and like dive into that more because i think um yeah like you can't be a lukewarm ally <laughs> like yeah, 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 you, yeah, yeah. you can there's no gray like either you're like in it or you're not like you're black or you're white and so i think that um yeah i agree like you can't advocate for this on monday and tuesday but like do whatever you want on friday and saturday and then come back yeah. on monday and tuesday like that's that's hypocrisy yeah. Yeah. um and so and i don't think most people i don't think it's intentional but no. It happens yes. to everybody. Yes. And so, yeah, I think that that's another, like, great adulting conversation for adult adjacent. <laughs> what, a, what a podcast hosting to say, man. <laughs> so in, in the effort of, you know, being his hour mark, we're at 57 minutes. And so I'm going to bring this Landon's plane on down. Right. And so I guess uh, in closing thoughts, what are, do you have any, like, words for males, females, I guess, as they navigate kind of like understanding femininity and how that plays out into your life in terms of like, if they are women or if they're like men that interact with women or if they're like non-binary, right? Um, what advice, I guess, would you have to kind of help people kind of think through how they navigate all that? Yeah, um, I would say spend some time decoding yourself. And I think this is for men and women, like challenge yourself like ask you know why do I believe the things that I believe like where did I learn this from is it from my family is it from pop culture is it from social media is it from tv like why do I believe these things and then I think um another important thing is like give mentors um and again like for men and women like pick out some people who you know you say 
like I want to be like you when I grow up maybe not like the exact same but like you have some qualities that I admire and I would like to learn from you uh I think that's really important um and when you have mentors ask insightful questions like ask them the hard questions um so that you can understand them better but also so you can understand yourself better um and I think like the final thing I would say as it relates to really embracing femininity but also like masculinity would be like seek out quality friendships that's one of the things that I've loved the most about this season of my life as it relates to femininity because I think um growing up you hear so many things about like girls who are saying like I can't be friends with other girls they messy or like oh I don't have no girlfriends all my friends are guys and like I mean I think sometimes that's a phase sometimes it's not but I also think that although there can be women who um, are messy there can be men who are messy I think that there, if you are being the friend that you want to have, like you can find quality friendships. And I think that that's really important to understanding yourself more and like really embracing um, your gender identity is really getting around other people who also share that same gender identity and like saying like, you know, have you like having real conversations, having tough conversations, but also giving those people the opportunity to hold you accountable. And so as we talk about like allyship, like get around some good friends and who have similar goals. And so, you know, when you say I support this thing and then your music don't align, they can call you out and say like, Hey, Hey sis, I thought we was, and you can be like, you know what? Thank you for checking me. And so I think that's like, kind of like my final thing is get some quality friends and be okay with them checking your life and, um, take the take the feedback and evaluate it I think that all feedback is helpful it doesn't all have to be implemented but I think it should all be evaluated okay okay those are wise words from a wise woman thank you so much Miss Adriana Reed uh everything you said I agree wholeheartedly you know having people that can check you is one of the greatest keys to life if you have somebody that can help you kind of stay in line and push yourself you'll be all right in the world uh, and so I guess if anybody wants to, uh, I guess they like how you see the world and want to ask you any follow-up questions, how could the people find you or are you interested in people finding you on social media? Let's say that first. No, well, look, I can be found. Okay. Um, no, I, um, right now I'm actually on a social media fast cause y'all this summer was a lot and I just needed to like step away, which is another thing I would say, you know, take some time to step away. Like the work is still going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you take away some time to just get some clarity, but when I am back on social media, I can like approve all the requests, but on, um, Instagram, I can be found at miss a underscore Gabrielle. And on Facebook, I can be found as Gabby Reed. Okay, I'll be sure to add that to the show notes below. Uh, and then also, small plug, Adriana is also the host of a phenomenal podcast. Uh, w- tell us a little bit about your podcast, ma'am. Yeah, so I have a podcast called A Gabrielle Exclusives, and it's essentially a storytelling podcast. I believe there's a lot of value in people getting to share their stories. I think that when people communicate um their stories one they they realize how resilient they are and how much they've overcome but at the same time I think that it promotes healing and growth and also challenges others who listen to the stories 
Um, so last season we did a super fun season called Things I Wish I Would Have Known, Things I Wish I Would Have Known before relocating, before getting married, before starting college, all kinds of stuff. And so season three will come out sometime in 2021. But you can also follow a.gabrielle exclusives on Instagram or Facebook. I love to connect with um, listeners and hear their insights as well. Um, Alex is actually on the season, <laughs> oh um, season gosh. two on the episode. Things I wish I would have known in my twenties because he's fresh in the thirties game. Oh lord, you don't have to but, say that. But <laughs> um, yeah, I I appreciate the plug, friend. You a real one. No problem, no problem. Uh, well, thank you again so much for being on the podcast. Uh, it's always great to hear your great wisdom and share it with the world. Uh, I'm so excited for people to hear your thoughts and kind of see where this kind of goes. Uh, and then everybody else, thank you for listening. Uh, tune in next week for another great episode. All right. Bye. Thanks for having me.